Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. Let's get right into it today uh, with the gravity of the situation of Damar Hamlin and bring on Kevin Kincaid. Kev, how you doing, buddy? Oh, usually, I'd plug, uh, I'd usually plug a subscribe. I'd usually plug a follow. I just didn't feel right today. But uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think everybody has diagnosed this situation. I think they've grabbed it in every single way they can grab it with the Mar Hamlin stuff that I think since we are really an internet blog and we talk a lot about local media and what happens and what happens on social media and everything, you're going to get 24, 48 hours of coverage every which way on Demar Hamlin. I'd rather just kind of talk about, because you wrote the article as well, just like how insane of a, of a night it was on social media between social, between you know, media in general, between the ESPN coverage. And we will have Andy Wheeler coming up very shortly. Actually, a great guest to have. He's a producer uh, at, at CBS3, also does writing, photography, editing, and all that. So we'll ask his uh, his thought process on it. But you wrote just an all-around bad social media night. Why do you yeah. think that? Yeah. I, it's a tough situation, man. I mean, when you have something significant like that that, <clears throat> that happens, you know, everybody wants to pay, you know, you know, take it seriously as, as they, they should, you know, results in everybody like kind of going on Twitter and feeling like they have to say something, uh, thoughts and prayers. They should cancel yeah. the game. They should postpone the game or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, like I get it. I understand people's like willingness to chime in or whatever, but uh, like, I think last night was a good example of why people should probably just not say anything at all and just <laughs> let a situation play out. You don't have to chime in, uh, you don't have to say anything. We don't have any facts. We don't have any news or whatever. Let the people let the let the first responders, paramedics do what they do. Let the broadcast find a way to get through it. Um, we'll get an update on the player when we get an update. You know, it's amazing how everybody turns into a cardiologist yeah. immediately, and they know everything there is to know about trauma and uh, you know myocarditis and all this stuff. And then you get these like vaccine people that come in on the back end of it and say, "Well, it's probably from the." From the jab, you know, it's just, I, it's just like a perfect example of why it's like probably best for everybody just to chill out and like let the situation play, play unfold and play out, and then we will we will gather uh, facts yeah. as they come along. I don't, I don't just don't know why pagan why people feel the need to like like everybody's got to go on and like say some shit because inevitably then you get like the Skip Bayless situation where like people just say dumb stuff, you know, and they get called called for it. It's like we should all, yeah, everybody should just like find a way to like chill out and just let the situation unfold, you know, let people do their jobs. Yeah. There was a lot of skip Bayless's last night. The only problem is not all those skip Bayless's who were tweeting about it have three points. Some are millions and millions of followers and whatnot. So <laughs> people who are wondering why skip is, is by himself hosting FS one right now. It's because yeah. he has that kind of platform and because he kind of does. And he's proven this before with, with Troy Aikman back in the day when he's questioned his sexuality with uh, other players and stuff that he's always, he's just a psychopath. He does not have, any thought process, any anything yeah, for yeah. the for the athlete. It's, no. it's doing his job, getting his takes in, writing his columns, cashing checks. Yeah, and he proved yeah. that today with his pseudo apology. I, I, I'm I'm not a big forced apology guy, but you know Fox writes his checks. Fox asks you to apologize. You got to apologize. Well, he was never going to be like suspended or anything. All these people were asking for him to be suspended or fired or whatever. They were never going to do that, of course. You know, it's like, you know, we do this. I wasn't going to post the apology on the site and I'm not, I don't plan to because, like, you know, you always get people who are like, well, why do you, you know, share what these guys say anyway? You know, they just want the attention and they want the clicks and stuff. Like that. My answer is always like, I don't think it's beneficial to them when people point out how how big of dipshits they are. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's cashing in that currency. I don't think anybody's seeing a crossing broad story and then watching first take, unless in this case, they wanted to see what he said as an apology, but I get it. I don't think there's much upside there. I don't think there's much downside in like us pointing out that somebody's being an idiot. Like, I don't think uh, unless you have no shame and you're okay with everybody thinking you're a complete idiot, then I don't know how all, uh, like publicity is good publicity in that case. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the person who said that all publicity is good publicity was probably a liar. Yeah. Um, but maybe I underestimated the amount of people who are just okay with being universally thought of as idiots. <laughs> and then, I think that uh, quote was way before social media was invented and way before a lot of other <laughs> content uh was created and everything yeah, yeah um yeah i mean i don't really have much on the situation I, I if you're cool with it i'd like to bring andy on because i think yeah, let's bring he, andy on he has yeah. a pretty good uh yeah thought press on i mean this yeah. is andy wheeler let's he's bring a, andy on. there we go he's the, sorry. 
Andy, give us your hottest take on the DeMar Hamlin situation. Now, <laughs> they should have decided that that game was over long before they did. But I understand why it took so long. You know what I mean? That was discussions in rooms, in yeah. offices of what do we do? How do we handle this? Mm -hmm. But it became really clear to me within the first five or ten minutes that there was no way that they could let the game go on. If you know, that's yeah. a that, that's a fair assessment. I think I think putting this and 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 stepping back and having a context on it and putting it right in the middle is is, is okay. Where it's like, imagine you have to make this decision at like your, your your work or something like that. Obviously, someone just you know, say someone just you know had a heart attack, blah blah blah, something was getting chest compressions in the middle of the floor. No one wants to go back to work. No, absolutely. but you're also the CEO up on the fiftieth floor, being like, okay, how do we handle the situation? What do we have to do? There are processes and there are steps to this and everything that I think that people are like, are, it, that it took them an hour to actually decide this isn't as bad as people want to lead on now them and, and there have been conflicting reports of were there really five minutes you know and then they were going to go back out there was it Sean McDermott Troy Vincent came out today and said there was never there was never five minutes and then go back and play we we're always going to send these guys to the locker room now is he holding up for the shield no one will ever know and whatnot but yeah man there there, there are processes there are steps to this you can't just you know call it right right then and there and we have seen this before hockey hockey uh, on uncharacteristically uh Chris Pronger want, being one of them have right. these situations that have happened in, in in the history of the game uh the the Ericsson thing uh was he was he playing uh was that a Danish football player there that was yeah that was the Euros in 2021 I guess it was supposed to be 2020 but they played it the year later because of the pandemic and he had a he had cardiac arrest on the field but yeah. they had an an AED on the in the stadium, right? And the they played that player. game after they found out that he was in the hospital and his vitals were good, correct? Yeah, they paused the game for like more than an hour, but they got uh, word, I guess, from the hospital that he was okay and he was like stable and conscious or whatever. So like, okay, we can resume now. But yeah, they didn't, they didn't do it while he was, they, they yeah. waited for word of that before they resumed here. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could have done that in, in this case with Hamlin, but right now, I mean, it's just ridiculous to, to think that you would even try to resume the game if the guy's not, you know. Well, and that's the thing. I think it's one of these times where it's okay for the league and for everybody involved to be honest and say, listen, we had no idea what the hell to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like in terms of, I think their initial thought was, okay, well, he's going to be okay and we'll take him off the field and we'll get everything started. But then, as you see the players reacting to what is happening on the field, you realize, you know, you remember, okay, the human element. And then all of a sudden, this is a discussion that goes to directly to Roger Goodell, directly to the ESPN executives and everybody. This is a discussion that all of a sudden is in the biggest boardrooms there are involved in this. And they don't you know, they don't know what the right thing to do is, which is why I think you saw that shot of, you know, the coaches on the phone and everything. I think they were talking to Goodell and, you know, good on the coaches and good on everybody for just saying, you know what, that we're done for tonight. And mm -hmm. it was the right call. It did take a long time, but I think that that's okay because they got it right in the end yeah. in terms yeah. of shutting it down. Dude, it's not easy. But dude, you're right, Andy. I mean, like you and I worked in live television for a yeah. long time. You, you still do. I mean, this shit is not easy, like to make like no. split second decisions on the spot, especially when you don't when you don't know. I mean, it's like I think everybody like we live in this world of like immediacy. You know, everybody's got like a platform where they can go on Twitter, they can go on social media and say whatever they want. They're looking for like immediate results and they're looking for like you know, sure. immediate uh, immediate like response. And I get that. Like you do want people to act quickly, but you can't do it like at the uh, expense of due diligence and making sure you've like gathered as much as, as you're able to gather before you, you want to make informed decisions, right? I mean, you don't want to just knee jerk and say, Hey, we're going to do this. or We're going to do that or whatever. Like it's tough, man. There's, there's no, as far as I know, there's no like playbook for like, Hey, if this happens to somebody, like what are the procedures here? Like, yes, they have right. you know ways that they go about, you know, scheduling games and postponing games and things that they can do. But I mean, like this shit does not happen very often, you know? So I, I can't fault, I'm not going to get all Ben Ashley about the NFL. Like, or did they wait too long to cancel? Did they, did they not do it fast enough? So, I mean, I, like I, I, envy, I, I don't envy the people who are in the position. You've got to make these decisions, man. I mean, it's not, it's not easy, you know? So I do want to, I do want to ask that. Cause I'm, I'm in the presence of a couple Emmy award winners. 
So yeah, yeah Andy's right. got his like over his like right shoulder there with some baseball. Hang yeah, on, let's, let's read. Yeah. I know yours isn't yeah. too far. I know yours is no more than arm's yeah. length away, Kev. Yeah, you, you got to have him close, you know. You're the, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. There you go. Hey, uh, one day I hope to have one maybe right behind me on uh, wherever I got behind me. Um, I do want to. So I was a little critical of the ESPN, the way they handled it. I know people are, um, I would say, for the most part, talking positively about how they handled it and stuff. I, I, am I, how would you handle this in a situation? You don't have to put it in a sports situation or whatever, but as a producer behind the scenes and whatnot, like what's kind of the protocol like behind the scenes, either Kevin or, or Andy, you could take it first of like, shit, something just broke or something just happened or emergency situation. We got to throw right to you guys. Well, you know what? I, I, and I think that ESPN really does need to be commended with how they handled it because, you know, you have a whole production crew that probably thought that they had the next four hours off. And, you know, everybody's, you know, probably out lunch, everything. This happens in the game. And then immediately you're into, you know, panic mode as to, oh, my God, what do we do? And they handled it exactly the way they should. And and really a lot of credit, I think, goes to, to Scott Van Pelt. And, yeah, he was you know, when you have a good anchor in a situation like that, that can that can fill, that understands the gravity of the situation that is – you know, that guy's a pro and he handled it exactly like, you know, and everybody really involved in the entire broadcast deserves to be commended because that's not easy. And on top of that, they don't know anything either. And they have to have a broadcast where you're broadcasting and you have no idea what is happening. And yeah, after yeah. a while, you could see they stopped showing the video of, of how yeah. he went down, which I think was important. You don't need to see that all the time. Once you see it once, that's fine. You don't have to see. I mean, because potentially, you know, you're seeing somebody, you know, gravely injured and you don't need to see that over and over and over again. And, I, you know, it, it is literal chaos. And the fact that it comes out looking as polished as it did. Uh, I think really speaks to the people they had in the control room and, and, and on the anchor desk. What's it like behind the scenes? Are people just running around behind the cameras? Is the control room just hair on fire? Like how, what's it like yeah. behind the scenes during that? It's terrible. a lot of yelling. Yeah. yeah a lot of yelling, right? Yeah. Kev I like mean, in, the, in the anchors earpiece too and shit. No, 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 no. At, at each other. At each me. other. And then usually if, if it's my job to be speaking to the anchor and being directing the anchor in a specific way, my voice is always going to be as chill as possible because if I sound panicked, then they get panicked. And that is yeah. not what you don't want to be like, Oh my God. Like, on air and nobody's doing, you can't like, so it's always, Hey man, uh, doing a great job. Need to fill for another three minutes. And then uh, you're going to go to a commercial break. And then when you yeah. come back, we're going to go out to the field and we're going to talk to the, the broadcast crew. And yeah, then so, so, so like just to, like to set the scene for the background a little bit, like, you know, you got a producer who's sitting there with a headset on and like we have a control panel where we press a button and we can talk to the anchors in their ear, you know, and then you have like a director, the director's pressing all the buttons and they're the ones who pull up the camera shots. You go from two anchors to one anchor to the helicopter or whatever. And then like uh, real TV stations like that's that don't did not go to automation. They have like. You know, like a sound guy or like an, another engineer or something like that. But right. for the most part, like you go like way off a teleprompter, right? You know, and you have this rundown, right? They call us line producers because you write out the show. Your, your show rundown looks like a big Excel thing, Kyle. You know, it's like we're doing this story and then we're doing the car crash and then we got like the fire and then whatever, right? So you go thing by thing. You throw that out the window. And yeah. Andy and I are talking to somebody in their ear saying, okay, we're going to go back to Adam Schefter standing here whatever we're going to go back to walt hunter who's on the side of the thing like i think like most often at least it's, it's a little different for local news because we're not you know we're not you got a bunch of other tv shows that are on sometimes we can cut in if we have to but you're not always doing that but you try to get somebody on scene you go to them somebody who can vamp like somebody who can yes. just talk somebody that fills. yeah yeah so like the term and, of well, and it goes beyond that too because like as kevin was saying you know you have your rundown and when then something like that happens it's one of the three or four times a year where your rundown is completely irrelevant and your rundown is just, you're not even really using it, you know, and, and it's, you're just winging it and you know what you have and you know what elements you can go to and you know, 
um, you know, that you have to get a certain amount of commercial breaks in. But beyond that, you are literally just playing it by ear and praying to God that everything goes well. And when all of this implodes like this, it let me tell you, you you're never happier to be done something like that. And then for the next three or four hours afterwards, there is no, like, because all of a sudden all the adrenaline and everything hits you afterwards. Like, cause you're in the moment, you're not even thinking about it. And then it's kind of like, you're just like, Oh, afterwards, you you just kind of melt down a little bit. You know, what what about, and this this is what I was thinking. I was talking about with my friends in the group chat, in my group chat, which everyone should have gone to the group chat. Nobody should have went to Twitter last night. Just go to the group yeah. chat, go oh, to your Slack yeah. chat. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. put all your thoughts in there. Get a journal. Um, right. What about rainy day programming? So like, you know, when NBC Sports, yeah. they go to a rainy day and stuff. They go. Yeah. That's, now, that's I, mean, the- I think that would have been an initial thought if, you know, say, God forbid, something actually happened on the field and, you know, they're. But when you are in that kind of a situation, it's I think it's there's multiple factors with it. You you are the biggest story currently in the world and everybody has to come to you and everybody's going to be coming to you anyway to wonder what's going on. And if you're in bowling, you know, and, and like you can't really go to the rainy day stuff there because it didn't warrant it because, you know, the only information source of what is happening is you and to take an opportunity like that and to just give it away. You know, you, that's when you want your people like Van Pelt to, to shine. That's when you want, um, you know, your broadcast team to, you know, they have that gear and it's time to show it. That's why you don't do it. And yeah. yeah, And the thing is, Andy, like they don't, they don't, like sports people aren't used to vamping really. And like for people who don't know, the term vamp means to just like um, continue to fill. talk, to, to fill yeah. time, to fill space, yeah. right? And that sounds that sounds stupid on the surface, but when you are behind the scenes and you're trying to plan your next move, like, hey, are we going here? Are we going here? Whatever. Sometimes you just got to send it out to somebody and be like, yo, talk. Like, just people. I've said multiple times. All right, I need you to talk for about four minutes here. And when whenever you say something, I'll cover you with video and we're gonna have a full screen when you're done, and then you toss the break, but I'll let you know. But like and, a good example of that, it's funny because we joke about the stupid statues that we have, which everybody has, by the way. They don't mean anything. I don't mean to shit on oh, Andy's accomplishments, but like but like but like Walt Hunter is responsible for that thing back there. And it's right. actually the thing that's written on it says continuing coverage over 24 hours because mm-hmm. it was during Hurricane Sandy and Walt Hunter. Uh, we were blessed to work with people like him. He was just Y'all standing there outside of a, he was standing there in Atlantic city while the boardwalk was being like washed into the ocean. Or We just went back to him like every 10 minutes and he would just go blah, 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 blah over. But we could go to him and he could fill that space. And then we could like, like regroup and say, okay, now we're going to go to Joe Schmo in like Absecon or something. You know what I mean? Like it was, and it's hard for the sports people to do that. Like you keep tossing to Adam Schefter. He's like, if he's like, I don't have any more information. Like, what do you want me to say? So you have to have like, talent who's able to just kind of take it and go you know so that's what that was my my only gripe my only gripe was like you're going to Susie Colbert then you're going to Shifty then you're going to Booger then you're going back to commercial then you're coming back Joe Buck doesn't have an update then you're going over to Susie then you're going back to Shifty then you're going over to Booger I don't think you know let's let's play a 30 for 30 or something like that like we could play like maybe a little bit less but like this is what this is what I'm saying though because then you got Buck going to Lisa Salters and Lisa Salters is sitting outside a locker room and it's like the the one thing you guys always talk about I feel like is you don't want to speculate and now Lisa Salters is, is speculating on things because she sees a guy on a phone. She sees an, an NFL yeah, personnel on the phone and stuff. Well, and that's where I kind of was like, eh, I don't know if we really need Booger, Shefty, and Susie to keep coming back. Okay. There's a nature of this where, where it's you're bouncing around for more than one reason, and it's not just to get everyone involved. In some cases, it's to give people a break, right? So you just had Van Pelt fill for 10 minutes. And he literally has nothing else to say. You have to go someplace else. Yeah, you got to get off of it. Yeah, I mean, you got to give him a break. And even if that person says exactly what Scott Van Pelt just said, then it's fine because they're saying it and 
then Pelt needed a break. At okay, least it's not him saying over no. here. We'll go to Susie. We'll go to here. We'll go to there. And it's okay. just a matter of, you know, they're using all of their resources. They used them well last night, but there also is an aspect of this that was going to be conjecture anyway. Like everybody's going to be sitting there guessing what's going on. You don't want to guess. You don't want to speculate. You don't want, but really everyone was, whether it was, you were in a bar watching the game. You're at home watching a game. You're texting your friends. Everybody's guessing as to what's going on. And I think it was okay in that circumstance for the broadcast to be that way because that's the way everybody else was, you know. And you want there to be an authority to it, but they didn't know, you know, and they still don't know. So one thing I do want to ask you guys, and, and just to switch course over to the whole Skip Bayless thing, have you guys ever, either of you, have you ever been a part of like a, you got to issue an apology because like maybe live or maybe the next day. Cause I feel like that's just like the shittiest conversation to have. Well, we don't have to, the talent has to do it for us. You know, we well, I mean, do you guys have like that conversation? Like, have you ever had to be a part of those conversations where it's like, Hey, listen, you know, so-and-so is going to, it's going to do yeah. three minutes on an apology. Like what's, yeah. what's kind of like, is that, that kind of down? Yeah, that that's, yeah. that's, that's a decision made above way above our heads. You know what I mean? And yeah. Usually that involves other people, <laughs> but yeah. you know, you're just, yeah. you know, that's, that's on them. That's a, that's a big executive decision right there. Yeah. So, that comes from the top. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we wouldn't, we, we weren't important enough to, to <laughs> we were consulted on those sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> One of the worst so-called apologies I've ever seen in my life delivered by, by Skip Bayless today, which was, uh, well, why did they put him, but I didn't, I didn't watch it. I don't plan to watch it. Like I'm not going to like feed the the beast or whatever, but like, what so what was the she was just him talking by himself the whole time or did he did he have um no, Shannon's not there today yeah I think Sharp might have been like a protest or something yeah like that in terms of what he said and this is just that this is just the perfect example to teach everyone why you don't rush to get ahead of everyone else in terms of making a comment like. Yeah, Kevin said it earlier at the beginning. Um, what happened here? Oh, camera! You're still on the stream with audio. Your video just crapped out on us. We can uh, still. Okay, hear. hold on. I'm fixing it. There we go. There you um, go. Kevin said it early on, like you know, what Skip was saying was what was happening behind the scenes in terms of these are the decisions that were being made. But for him to verbalize it and and say it, it's just it's cold. It's heartless. It's it's awful. And that's why you don't do something like that, you know, and he should know better. You know, that's what I mean, like he's been around long enough. He should know better, but he doesn't care. He wants the clicks, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's why you don't rush to make comment. Let me let somebody me, like him, you know, let me make a final let me make a final point here that we can get on to yeah. the next thing. But I think I think, you know, what it is, Andy, it's funny because like it's a bigger story of like uh, immediacy and like people having this access to social media. We're like in the news business. Like we were under so much pressure with the advent of social media and whatnot to like get this first, get first, yeah. get on the air, get the right. chopper out. You know what I mean? And so because of that, you know, people just put due diligence off to the side. You know what I mean? It's like it, and then you could go back and correct yourself later. It was just about having something, saying something, having somebody out there, getting a shot from the chopper, getting somebody on the scene, you know, and like that, that idea had like, is it like interfaces now with everything that we do in life where it's like, Oh, I got to get on my phone. I got to say some shit. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it's all the idea of like people having to have, Having to be seen, called instant, having instant, to be heard, having enough yeah, intent that matters. It's like, yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't want to call it like the instant gratification thing, but I think there's so much like everything can be done immediately right now that I think it's like, you know, people people don't. Uh, I told I told Pagan straight up. I said, you remember I messaged you, man. Mm -hmm. I was like, let's not put anything up on the site. Let's not do anything on Twitter just because it's like, yeah, you, know, you might get you might end up in something stupid. And then yeah, on the other side, you have like like Serena Winters, who used to be with the Sixers. She's with the Cavs now. She came out like afterwards and she apologized for tweeting about the Cavs while the Hamlin situation was going on, which she had no like she was working. You know, yeah. she's just tweeting about basketball. You know, but then you got like some idiots who were like, "Well, you probably probably shouldn't tweet about basketball right now." You know, so it's so it just I don't, it's also there was an AJ Brown tweet where it was like. Uh, he, he he deleted it, but it was like he was like this game's about to be amazing, and it was tweeted like a, an hour before the game, 
and people were still ripping him, being like, "You should delete this. This is a terrible tweet." Yeah, people are people are ridiculous. <laughs> people never look at the time tag on things. They never look. You know, never. Yeah. By the way, did you see that? Um, I guess Shane Steichen and uh, Jonathan Gannon aren't speaking today yep. because of the. Uh, um, I guess out of respect to the situation. I hope they donated to Demar Hamlin charity. That was the one good thing that happened in all of this, by the way. Like he was, he was doing a fundraiser. He's a Pittsburgh guy, I guess, and like he was doing a fundraiser for, um, you know, his hometown or whatever. And the the GoFundMe or whatever was blew up to like several million dollars or something like that. Four million dollars. It's all going to go back to his foundation, which is okay. So there you go. So social media is not all total shit. Anyway, all right. Segwaying out. Segwaying out of that. Andy, what's the what's the uh, consensus at uh, on Spring Garden Street right now? Are you guys worried about the the Eagles, or are you not concerned about the Eagles? I, I think it depends on who you talk to. Um, I personally am not worried. Um, I think you're going to have games like that, you know, and it's really hard to be critical of a team that's thirteen and three. You know, I mean, like, you, you, <laughs> like. You can be, and obviously this was their worst game of the season. But I, listen, as as long as they somehow snap out of this to beat the Giants and get the first round by, I think everybody should just relax and be calm about it. But if they lose this game, then this is probably not the team that we all thought it was. And I think there's a possibility of that, truthfully. I mean, because I think – Part of this, I think most of what happened on Sunday was coaching. And I think that it was probably the poorest game that they've coached in probably a calendar year uh, as a whole, as a group. And, um, you know, when you look at that, that's nervous. And I think that there makes me nervous. And then there's players that, you know, I think they were kind of listening to what everybody was saying about them and, you know, Oh, we're going to just walk through the Saints, you know, and that, that, that's, they're pros too. You know, I mean, that's, they have pride, they're athletes, they know what they're doing and they're, you know, they're there for a reason. You're not going to walk over anybody in this league. So I personally am not concerned. I do, you know, think that they are, you know, on a path towards the Super Bowl. I'm a little worried that Doc Rivers thinks so as well. But, you know, that's <laughs> like I felt like yeah. I said in the group chat, I was like, oh, God, we're doomed. You know, yep. Doc says we're going to the Super Bowl. But Doc jinxing yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But also, I mean, I, I think that there's some people that think, at least within our building, and I don't want to speak for everybody, there's some people that think that this team is nowhere near as good as – Everybody thinks that they are. And you can they, name names here. Is, is, it, is it Don Bell? Is Don Poop? Yeah. Uh, I have. I, I'm not going to name names. I'm what not, does Yuki uh, think? Tell us what Yuki thinks. Yuki's always pro Eagles, man. He's my he's, man. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, Yuki's he, very positive about. Yeah, that, he's yeah. a positive. Hey, one of the best people you'll ever meet, and he is pro Eagles. But I don't. I don't want to put any words in anybody's mouth. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm still relatively confident. I got to uh, tell the Yuki story. I don't know. Maybe I told it on this show already, but the time that Yuki and I went down to Delaware State to do a shoot. Go um, Pagan, did I tell that one before? I'll tell it really, really so. quick. <laughs> Yuki, they needed a photographer at the last minute, and like they called me like, hey, can you go down to DSU with Yuki on Saturday? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. They were doing this like thing where the anchors went out and wanted to and did this experience. Like they always wanted to grow up as a kid and be like this, do this career or something like that. And um, Yuki always wanted to be like the – the uh, the drum major in like a marching band, right? So Delaware <laughs> State, like, yeah, yeah. So you know, Delaware State's an HBCU, like it's a historically black college, right? And I think Yuki's dad had ties to the school. I want to say his dad was like a professor there or something. We we showed up there, and he, he was he was like it was like he was walking on water down there. Mm. He, he was like the most famous like dude ever. So we went in and we filmed, you know, a bunch of uh, stuff in the band room, and then he walked out on the field. And I was on the field with him filming or whatever. Then we leave to go back to the the news. We drove separately. I took a news truck. He came down on his own. We could not get out of the parking lot. We couldn't even get off the field because every other person kept stopping Yuki because they wanted to talk to him because he was just so popular down there. Like, hey, we love you on TV. We love you in the community and all this stuff. And we got to the point where, like, I think Yuki looked at me and he said, why don't you just go on ahead? And <laughs> That's probably okay. true. I'll see yeah, you like, station like Monday or something. No? You're a drum guy, Kev. How was he? No, he wasn't playing drums. Oh. He was like, you know, he's like the um, the guy uh, directing the band. The you major know, like, oh, he's doing yeah. the band director? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, right. like at the HBCUs, like band culture is very oh, it's uh, awesome. is, is huge, right? So he always wanted to kind of be like the 
leader. I'm sorry, the guy with the baton, whatever you call him. Uh, but it was great. But the point of the story is like I, he was so popular and he was like everybody just loved him so much that I, oh, I, yeah. could, I literally could not leave the stadium with him because like he kept getting stopped by people who wanted to. It, 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 it is it is a phenomenon that happens anytime you are anywhere with Yuki. I was we were leaving the station one day. It was when we were down on Market Street and he was leaving. I was leaving. I was we we come up to the corner of, of Fourth and Market and mid rush hour a septa bus jams on its brakes and comes to a screeching halt right next to us and the door flies open and the bus driver just goes you he's like hey man how you doing and then the guy closes the door and he drives away and i was like are you kidding me he's happens all the time I'm like, yeah. oh. traffic i like that That's but here's the thing to, to to this is probably what and this is probably what yuki would say but how many how many times have the eagles actually trivia question how many times have the eagles won 13 games once i think right 2004 2017 it's happened three times ever in the in the history of the team, only three times ever have they won thirteen games. I know we're playing seventeen game schedule now, but they got to thirteen wins in sixteen games. Right. No, no asterisk there. But this is why I keep saying it because I'm just, and I don't want people to think that I'm like poo pooing like gripes that they have about Shane. It's rational Stanley. Tuesday, Kev. You're, you're thinking of rational Tuesday. Yeah, we brand today, Andy, as rational rational Tuesday. Rational Tuesday. I like it. I like it. I don't it's want long. people to yeah. look back. Well, if the Eagles go seven wins to ten wins for the next five or seven years of it. I don't want them to look back at a 13-win season and spend the entire length of a 13-win season complaining about everything, you know? Like, well, they lost they they lost, like, they, they lost, lost with their backup Bowl, quarterback. Right? They lost two games with their backup quarterback. This is not 2017 right. where Carson Wentz isn't coming back, right? Like Jalen Hurts is coming back, you know? Right. Well, like, and that's the thing that I think everybody forgets, too, is remember on the Super Bowl run just how bad they looked on that Raiders game. Yeah. And, <laughs> and everybody was like, because you were sitting there going, oh, my God, we're, we're mm-hmm. done without Wentz. And then that Raiders game happens, and you're going, oh, God. And there, and there was no hope, none. Yeah. And the then D- the defense won it for him. The defense mm-hmm. won it for him on, like, the last. I think it was, like, 1912 or 1910. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but game. they looked horrible that game. And you're going, oh, we're in trouble. And it, you win the Super Bowl. So it's yeah. like you, you can't expect to have a season where there aren't potholes where everybody in the city freaks out over what they're seeing. And, you know, as Kevin said, you lost two games with a guy that is a backup quarterback that hadn't played all year, really, I mean, significantly. And they had a terrible coaching game on on Sunday. I mean, and it's like if they're not sitting there pointing the fingers at themselves in the coaching room, then we have a problem. But I think they know they messed up. You know what I mean? Like they did. Usually they point them at the backups. <laughs> right. Yeah. They point all their fingers at the backups. Um, here's here's my spin zone for it, and this is why I, I'm not too worried about it. I, I go back to thinking about the uh, the option, the option uh, or, or the, the RPO from Gardner to Gainwell. They run it right at Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan stuffs him. It's like one of the – it's like the first drive. This is my spin zone on the whole thing. I am happy that Jalen Hurts is playing week 18 because sure. – I want him to get his feet wet. I want him to get some plays underneath him. If he had to take three weeks, four weeks off before, and we got the number one seed, I don't like that. I I, I really think this sheds the whole conversation, the whole argument about rust over rest and everything. I think we're kind of, we're going to get, I I think this kind of sets the Eagles back on course, kind of like the Nick Foles beating Atlanta kind of set the Eagles back on course. Obviously that was in the playoffs and this is a week 18 regular season game, but you're still playing for something right now. And that's why I don't know. I just, it was, it was a shitty game by Shane Steichen and and Nick Sirianni, but it feels like they didn't. And we are not allowed to say adjustments on this program because no one ever could come back with adjustments on what they should actually adjust in the second half. But I'm going to say it. I don't think they really adjusted their scheme to fit Gardner Minshew. I still, we're still running RPOs with Kenny Gainwell and, Gardner Minshew trying to get around one of the best defensive ends of all time, the best defensive end in franchise history yeah, for the Saints yeah. and stuff. So, like, yeah. not running the ball 12 – only running the ball 12 times with Miles Sanders didn't really make sense. It just felt like there was just, all right, let's just continue to implement the same scheme when, obviously, Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts are totally two different. They, they came out, see, and it seemed to me like they thought they were going to kind of cruise in this game, having yeah. played, like, well enough in Dallas without the You think they are reading their press clippings? Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Maybe, oh, yeah, yeah. But, but, but you're right, Kyle, because it's like 
we were going to have the questions of like, okay, what do they do with Hertz in week 18 now? If you had the buy already wrapped up, are you going to sit him for two weeks? At least you take that decision out of their hands and they have right. to play him this week, right? And I know that the optics look goofy of like the Giants coming <laughs> down here and like probably not playing their starters or not playing them the entire game because they've got a, a first round game to play. But at the same time, I don't want to hear about any of that shit about it not looking good because they they're resting for their wild card game and the eagles are talking about the number one seed here so it's this is not apples to apples comparison so, you know okay this is what i want to offer with the whole demar hamlin situation we technically do not need those two weeks between the conference championship and the super bowl you never need those two weeks at ever <laughs> anyway i hate that extra week i hate that so, extra week. if they push this, the week back, and they and they say, "Hey, uh, Bills, Bengals, you guys play Sunday, yeah, or whatever they want them to play, yeah." And they push the week eighteen back a week. Do you think then they play their starters, the Giants? Um, I mean, I, I honestly, I would be surprised if the Giants don't play their guys the whole game. Just in terms of, do you really want to go into a wild card game getting smoked by a team that you're going to have to face again? Or would you rather have the positive momentum of, well, we either had a, a close win, a close loss, or we played them tight? You know, like, I don't think Dable's going to just punt this game, even though they probably should. But then, you know, you look at how the Eagles were kind of lining this thing up, too, where when they were 13-1, and one, they're thinking, okay, we win one more game, we sit everybody down, we rest everybody for a whole month. I, I don't think the Giants should – and I don't probably think that they will because imagine if you can take the Eagles down a peg going into the playoffs, yeah. that's a hell of a momentum booster for your team. Here's here's the thing. You know what they you know what they can do? This is what I thought the Eagles should have done if they beat the Saints right. instead of letting Hertz, you know, sit on the shelf for however long it would be. Just treat week 18 like it's the first preseason game. Get the starters yeah. out there for like a series or two feel good you went got some reps going you're like you know pre-snap cadence was fine all right whatever we feel like we're comfortable with that then get him out of there you know i mean like that's 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 what i would have done because i do believe in like the the rust factor of the whole thing but i just i can't like i said man i can't be i can't be like negative about a 13 win team that's getting their their mvp caliber quarterback coming back this is not 2017 all over again and even if it was like you just watched all the you you just watched that miracle happen. So how can you be negative about it after you just witnessed what we what we witnessed? You know what I'm saying? The only difference is I feel like 2017 we're really seeing it right now. How much depth that team had, like how that the depth on that team was was insane. But how many well, people honestly go go back? Honest to God, how many people thought that losing Jason Peters, losing Carson Wentz, all, all the guys that they did? How how many people really yeah. back then felt confident? No one. Oh, not many. No, we really well, I didn't know. That, that Super Bowl was an act of God. I, I mean, <laughs> honest to God. I mean, like, and, and anybody that says any different, I there was no way that they should have won that Super Bowl at Keanu all. Keanu Neal's knee is the thing that always plays back in my mind. The fact that that yeah, ball yeah, went off of Keanu Neal's knee, it would have iced the game, ended the whole game, goes right to, I feel like it was Aguilar or Torrey Smith or somebody. Yeah, I've, I've met an Aguilar. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that that's insane. That yeah. that right there is insane. And yeah, every and, bounce went their way too in that season. Andy's right. That was like an act of God. I, like, yeah, I, I mean, I, there's I, no there's no other way to like rationalize what happened with that whole run because none of it made sense. You lost five All Pros for the season, yeah. and no problem. You know, you lose your starting quarterback, no problem. Doug made some of the. Uh, the best. <laughs> I'm not a Doug Peterson guy at all. Really, and, and he just. Oh, no, no, that was that. And I've said this to Kevin before, and I'll say it until they put me in a box in the ground. The Philly special was the most irresponsible play call <laughs> in the history of the Super Bowl. It worked, but imagine if it didn't, what we would be saying about Doug Peterson. The, that, probably, I, yeah. Probably the same thing they're saying about Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor right now. <laughs> oh, my God. God, don't even get me started. Oh, I've got a lot of Best O line in college football. We can't run it on fourth and, fourth and goal. I don't understand that entire game 
I don't know. How I was very happy. Play. Can I just say that I was very happy for all the Bama fans who were talking shit before the game for them to turn around and then have to eat shit after that when TCU <laughs> went out and won. Because I'm, I'm so sick of the Bama fans and the SEC fans going out and being like, Alabama should be in the playoff. This team should be in the playoff. Yeah. Every year, they they would just fill up the bracket, whether it's four teams, eight teams, 12 teams. They would just fill it up with SEC teams and they call it the college football playoff. It's not the, it's a college football playoff. It's not the SEC playoff. We get to watch amazing sec games every week but like there's other conferences man it's not all about it's not about you all the time the, the bama fans complaining about not being in the playoff this year it would be like boston sports fans complaining that they didn't win enough titles from like 2000 to 2020 you know what i mean <laughs> i just was take one take a one year break i was talking a lot of shit on the frogs when i saw bama just take it to K- kansas state I, I was i'll hand up i thought bama should have been in it i was even saying i think tennessee should be in over the frogs and the frogs <laughs> And the, you know what? I yeah. still might think they should be. That, that was a hardball game, man. Yeah. I know they couldn't stop a nosebleed, but man, hardball. hardball no, I know. I'm, and I'm not saying that like Bama, but maybe Bama beats TCU eight times out of 10 or whatever. But TCU proved win or loss in that game. If Michigan had pulled off the comeback, TCU proved that they belong. You know, so I need yeah, Bama to be there. Yeah, I mean, that, that much is clear. They deserve to be there. But yeah. I, I think more Michigan and hardball lost that game more than TCU won it. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand how Michigan is not there. I, you know, like after watching them all season long, I thought they were the, you know, second best or best team in all of college football. And that's what they put up. The first play of the game, Andy, the first play of the game, Michigan almost breaks it out for a touchdown on like a run right right up the middle. Like, I'm like, I watch Big 12 defenses every week just pound the football, right? I'm like, and that's what they did. That was their strength all year is just running it right down everyone's throats and playing good defense. And then they stopped doing both at the worst possible time. Yeah. 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 I mean, wait, wait, what is correct here? Harbaugh loses. big games well, now we, and yeah i don't want to talk about hardball anymore i was gonna make another point <laughs> i'm just gonna extend the conversation nobody comes to crossing broadcast for big 10 analysis by the way can i just make a, a quick point here we all grew up watching the reggie bush matt liner like everybody all these guys playing for usc if i took put you in a, a time machine and i told you that tulane would be the top 10 usc team <laughs> in a bowl game you would have told me that i'm like you know i've got like you would have looked at me like i have three heads or something yeah, yeah. hey yeah. tulane carrying the aac baby that's <laughs> Is this a victory for Temple by proxy? You're both Temple guys. Yes, Temple beat USC by proxy. You would, I would, it would just be just as likely the Temple would be for Tulane like 10 years ago. Are you guys waving the Temple flag on North Broad after Tulane? I think the basketball team has. They went against Cincinnati, don't get me wrong. Rutgers just beat number one Purdue yesterday. It's a good resume win for the Temple, Alice. But. The Temple Owls got to lose like four games in like the next 20 to like even sniff the NCAA tournament. But I actually want to ask you this question. Could you put an all-star team of the AAC? Could they compete for the national title? In football? In football. (laughs) No. I just want to see how crazy we get on Tuesday. No, not even close. I mean, come on. I mean, Brady, you're going to have – you have pros come out of all these schools all the time, and some of them are just excellent players, but – not enough. No way. Not. I mean, not even close. Temple sends a lot of guys to the league. Hassan Reddick, Kyle Chandler, PJ Walker. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Dawkins, all of them. I mean, but it doesn't, you know, you would have to have them all at the same time to be anywhere close to fielding a team like that. Can I you just tell think, a, a real quick? Hold on. Parallel. You don't think five seven Kurt Warner's kids <laughs> leading the charge? Gunslinger. Oh, God. Awful. <laughs> Go ahead, Kev. No, I just I, the the SEC thing annoys. Look, I love SEC football just as much as anybody. I was blessed to live down there for two years and get to watch Georgia and South Carolina, all these teams play high level football week in and week out. But we played Georgia in the 2006 Sugar Bowl, and leading up to that game, just we we took the 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 most like intense trash talking and shit talking that you will ever hear, not just from Georgia fans, but like from everybody in the SEC. And this guy, Greg Blue, played safety for Georgia back then. He's like, West Virginia can't keep up with SEC speed. You don't have the talent. We're faster than everybody. We're bigger than it. It was just, it was the most like shit. Like, like I used to be on these message boards back then all the time. It was like Mississippi State fans, LSU fans, like Florida fans, just talking like immense amounts of shit. I'm like, what is this? I've never seen like an entire conference, an entire like region of the country collectively talk this much shit to like a Big East team. Right. It just means more. And then we went out and like put 38 points on them. 
You know, and Is that the Pat White, Steve Slayton, Owen Schmidt years. Yeah, uh, Darius yeah. Reynolds. Slayton had Steve Slayton had 200 rushing yards or something in that game. I was like, "Fuck you, fuck all <laughs> you motherfuckers," you know, because it's just. But but that's what it, that reminded me of this Bama thing where it's like, you know, TCU stings. TCU, you know, we should be in. Blah blah. blah. I know we lost two games. It's like, man, you got it. Like, you had a chance, man. If you if you beat LSU, you're in. You're in. So I don't I don't I don't know. Like you know, SEC fans, I get it. Like I love your conference. It's like the best conference by far. But like. We can't just put four SEC teams in the playoff every year because then it's not the college football playoff. You know, it's, it's well, not- and the playoffs, I mean, they're expanding them, but they should have expanded them long before now because then yeah. these type of arguments don't happen. Yeah. These type of, you know, but Andy, oh, weren't these games, weren't these gr- great games that we watched the sure. other night? Give yeah. me more. Give and, me and, more of it, man. They were, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were great games and everything, but like, and you sit there and you go, you have all these multiple weeks where there are no college football games. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you have a conference, take a week off or whatever. You can set it up that you could have a 16-team, a 18-team kind of playoff. And when you consider that arguably the most successful sporting event ever is March Madness every year, you would think the NCAA would understand the value of doing this with football. And, and they just all the bowls that have all the power, all the conferences, all the, they just, they have not seen the possibilities that are here for a playoff that is much more expanded than it is. Hey Andy, right. I got, um, before Uh-oh. we let, before we let you go, I got something I want to show you, Craig, if you oh, have God. that, if you have that image that I prepared, I want to, um, this is going to be terrible, isn't it? Let me, let me just set the, no, I'm not, I promise I'm not going to kill you, but Andy and I okay. go back like 15 years now at this point. Right. We spent way too much time at Spring Garden Street on uh, Friday <laughs> yeah. nights and Saturday nights where we should have been out like drinking and partying and having a life or whatever. But, having a life would have been good. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Andy, Andy and I were both, both we, we was all hands on deck when we would used to do high school football on Friday nights. So, yeah. you know, we'd send a bunch of cameras out to all the different high schools in the area. And um, Andy was in charge of like the logistics, like assigning us and um, sending us to different places. So like I would do four games, right? I would get you, I would do like two local Philly games, like North Philly or, or South Philly or whatever. Right. And then I would go out to the suburbs. Right. So this one uh, time, like I would always like complain because Andy would send me like all over creation. He'd send me like, like, like an hour North. And then my next game would be like an hour South. Did you like, did you like Kevin, Andy? Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Trust me. I did it to myself too. It wasn't like I was not the only one. Like I, I've driven from the tip of New Jersey down at the bottom to Delaware and then all the way up into Monco and, and I've done it too, but yeah, Kevin usually drew the short straw. So where did you used to send the guys you hated? Oh, uh, <laughs> Delaware. Yeah, no, I, I did Delaware myself cause it's relatively close to home. So I could just grab a camera and go, I, Honestly, I really don't hate anybody I work with. They might think that I do, depending on how far they've had to travel. But yeah, it's usually, uh, yeah, they, I, I don't know. I didn't really assign anybody terribly. Oh, what is this? Okay, so here's the one that I remember. That's oh no. Yeah. So we're at Spring Garden Street, right? And this map isn't even accurate. Andy sent me to do. I did like two games. Like I think I lived at Northeast High School on Cotman Avenue. I think I went up there like every. Friday for like five years straight, just because like all the, it was a neutral site, and all the teams play up there. But then he oh, sent me yeah. to the Perky Omen School. Um, oh yeah. yeah, I did that this year. That's way up there. Yeah, and they don't have lights. Like this is not Upper Perk. This is like a private school that's yeah. in. They play Perk. seven on seven football now, by the way. Which I didn't know. Oh my god! I went there to shoot it this year, and I was like, man, there's a lot of room on the field. And then I, I, I said to the lady, I said, wait. She goes, yeah, it's seven on seven. I'm like, oh. Okay. Do they not yeah. have enough kids sign up to play? So they only I guess, I guess, but they, I mean, it's, it was very nice school. Very nice. So, so, so Andy Wheeler being the master cartographer that he is, <laughs> says, why don't I send Kevin from the Perky Omen school down to Silesianum in Wilmington during rush hour on a Friday. So I get, oh, but here's oh, the funniest yeah. thing about this, right? See, we only show like one highlight from each game because we're like all over creation, just gathering. So you may take a camera and you may get out of the truck and you may walk up to the field and like, you may turn the camera on the first play. You may get like a 75 yard touchdown, right? That's right. exactly what happened here. I, I was like <laughs> the guy in the Simpsons meme who walks in the door and then walks right back out. I shot a touchdown. I got back in the truck 
and immediately drove in rush hour on a Friday in like October down to Wilmington. From there. And it took me like two and a half hours to get, I was just sitting there on the blue route. Like Andy Wheeler sent me all the way down from like uh Pensburg to, to Wilmington. But this was, uh, this was pretty, uh, this is pretty yeah. kind. We went all over creation, man. Saw a lot of like, what is, uh, what's the worst beat to be on? Is high school football up there? Is there anything that beat that's oh, worse? I love high school football. I mean, yeah. like that's that's fun to do, and there's there's you know there's a lot of um, you know kudos to our place. They give us a lot of freedom with that, and it it is fun to bounce around and see different places. Um, yeah. Like yeah, so that that that's not a bad beat really at all. No, it's tough for you know who it's tough for Andy is like the local newspaper writers who sit there with like a oh yeah oh those guys for sure they're, they're like order guys hey. yeah yeah they're logging every single like yeah. play I'm just standing there like oh, this God. you know but yeah it was it was fun man and Beasley Beasley yeah. Reese used to love doing that with us we would because Andy would then Andy would edit all the touchdowns together and or uh, interceptions or whatever and then Beasley would sit in there and he would just right. have a field day doing it because he was a football guy and he just loved. You know, doing and he that. would just wing it the whole time. All he really needed was what happened, a play, like what happened, the final score, and yeah. you know who the kid's name was, and it was just you know. You would take it and go from there. We had this guy. Yeah. This guy played for Nishamani. He was really, really good. His name was Charles Snorway, and so <laughs> Beasley would just be in the middle of calling a touchdown, and he just starts snoring. Yeah, go, you and can't like, sleep on Snorway. And then he's like, and then he's, he's like Chris Berman, like, like, yeah. yeah. Jake, uh, we didn't like write any of that shit for him. He would just like take it from there, you know. But oh, it was just like, it was, yeah, yeah. Those He's were Reese's fastest two minutes. Yeah, those were fun, man. Yeah, he had fun doing that stuff. And like, thanks to Andy, I got to see every high school within like a well, there we go, fifty mile radius of uh, of the. Of yeah, the we, that, we actually had we hit hundred and eighty different high schools this year in terms of having oh, them on. God. And like, my goal is always two hundred, and I'm always just like a few games short because like. You know, the Phillies go to the series. Uh, I ended up with COVID uh, for like one week, and it was just like everything kind of ends up getting messed up. But it, yeah, there, I mean, there's there are so many different high schools yeah. in this area. It's unbelievable. I mean, you guys, like Kevin said, like can sometimes leave and stuff. Like if like you know, you got the grace of God, you got a 75 yard touchdown right off the bat. Yeah. But man, the amount of bad basketball that the Lansdale reporter and the Intelligencer saw at Lansdale Catholic my senior oh. year and reported <laughs> on it. Is oh. I mean they're masochists, man. Some of them. Sometimes you go to those games and nothing happens for yeah. the entire half, and you're like, "What do I do?" Like you don't even have a like. It's like false start after false start after yeah. Yeah. you know one yard run at yeah. three and out punts where they go twenty yard. You're wondering, I'm never going to get anything. We had yeah, we've had stuff like that before. Where I'm, I remember the best, I stood there for like forty five minutes. And then I had to get on to the next game. I think we ended up putting like a stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, third <laughs> one. Holy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's- Final score in a Chamonix 48, Lansdow Catholic zero. Yeah. 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 Or I'd end up I'd end up at like Imhotep and like yeah. I'd have three touchdowns in two seconds. I'm like, all right, well, which one do I pick? You know, so uh, <laughs> first world problems. Hey, Andy, thanks, man. Hey, man. Great fun. time. That was Appreciate fun, brother. It. All right. Take care. See you, bro. Yeah. Hey, one thing we, we didn't get to talk about, I want to talk about with you. Uh, it kind of got brushed under the rug a little bit because it, it happened uh, probably in the middle of like uh, playoff seating and stuff. Ron Rivera having no idea the commanders could be eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, man. I, and Carson's Carson's terrible performance on. Uh, uh, see, that was also a shitty thing. Like Carson Wentz has such a terrible performance. You can't even enjoy it because you just watched Gardner Minshew and the Eagles and James yeah. Lakin and Sirianni put up 10 points yeah. in, in, in 60 minutes of ball. But Bob, but Bob and Joe Giglio were right. They said to hammer. I said, I think they said 10 <laughs> units on the Browns, right? 10 <laughs> units on the Browns. I don't think, think I even have 10 units in my account right now. Do you think there's a there's a chance that Ron Rivera didn't know they were getting eliminated? And that's why he and he was auditioning Carson Wentz for next year to potentially maybe be like hey because you think about it right now is they're kind of in like this like no man's land they're not going to fire ron rivera they're not going to fire the gm because they're in the middle of a sale right now so like yeah nobody's going to bring on no so if if they're going to sell and let's ballpark it around january or february i mean that's right in the middle of the scouting combine you got the draft in less than two months and everything like ron rivera luckily enough for his sake is, is going to be here next year because no, no owner who, what owner wants to buy a team that doesn't have a GM or a, uh, or, or a coach at the helm. 
Oh, no, well, they don't care about that. I mean, like, they, there's these, I mean, these are teams are never available. I mean, like, they covet this stuff. Like, somebody would come and buy the Texans if the Texans were available. You know, True. I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 What I really mean is, like, the new owner is not going to be able to come in and be like, hey, I want this guy and I want this guy because they have two minutes until the season. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there'll be a coach that, that takes the job. But, you yeah. know, if there's, if there's seven coaches, it's not the number one and number two choices that's going to take yeah. the, the job. But, man, could you imagine this in Philadelphia if Nick Sirianni didn't know he could be eliminated from uh, – <laughs> from contention you never live it down here's what i know about the commanders i know that carson wentz is not the qb of the future i know that taylor heineke is not the qb of the future which is why when their fans were chanting for heineke down there they were a bunch of dipshits too sam how he's not well I, I, maybe but i you know i doubt it i would gotta let him play you know because i know the other two dudes ain't it so i mean they're, they're gonna be the flyers soon like the only thing they got going for him is major tutty you know so people were hating on major tutty i liked major tutty i like major tutty too yeah yeah Look at that jiggly motherfucker down there, just like running around. Yeah, great mascot. Yeah, he's like every he's like every dude like in their late twenties, early thirties who like drinks too much and doesn't go to the gym enough. Like he's just really skinny fat. Like he's not yeah. fat. He's like yeah. skinny fat. Like his his legs aren't big enough. Huge ass. But man, does that gut just hang over that belt? Yeah, I think it's cool, man. I don't, you know, why not? It's like a double. They they hit on the marketing side of it because the 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 hogs <laughs> is like there. There he is. Look at him. Yeah, he's like a porky. He's so kid. lovable. Yeah, Porky Pig if he was in the the movie Stripes with Bill Murray, you know. Um, but, you know, like everybody knows, like the big offensive lines they had from the 80s and 90s were called the Hogs, right? Okay, so there's your pig, your swine cosmetic for that. And then, uh, you know, the commanders, the military side of it. So he's got the helmet and you call him Major. I think it's a slam dunk, man. Major Tutty. Why not? Better than, better than Franklin the dog and better than... Uh, Hip hop and you know. oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I'll, 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 uh, I'll honor your Franklin the dog. I will not hear hip hop disrespect. All no. right, it gives a, a shit about hip hop. A juiced up bunny who <laughs> could fly through the air. That's marketing one hundred and one. That's almost that's that's. I mean, what yeah. else did we have? Phil E. Moose. Yeah, uh, pretty bad too. Pretty yeah. bad. But, yeah, Franklin uh, the dog makes no sense. No sense for the Sixers to have a dog mascot. No, he was no. a Knicks fan. Yeah. By the way, you see the MMA fighter who messed up the bell. He hit the bell in the like the wrong. He hit it in like a dead spot, and he he like scuffed the. the bell. I can't believe that that hasn't happened before. That yeah. someone just had. I mean, a lot of people do treat the bell with kid gloves. Yeah. Here's my. If I ever get the chance to ring the bell, I will smack the shit out of that bell. That bell will remember me. That bell will remember me like you know, the bell will remember Sean Brady for the rest of its eternity. Like how awesome is that, Sean Brady? <laughs> Okay, you know, you lost to that. Uh, you lost your last bout. You know, everyone. I think he was a pretty heavy favorite, right? Um, I don't know, but his performance was not good in that. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good, and the guy talked a lot of shit on Philadelphia too at the time. Yeah. Bilal uh, Muhammad, he got knocked out by TKO'd by Bilal Muhammad, who never TKO'd anybody in yeah, his life. So Sean Brady, MMA, he could kick my ass, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. This is what he he might be the most memorable part of his career, unless he comes oh. back in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I, know. I didn't want to do it to him. I had a I had a headline that I scrapped because I didn't want to disrespect. <laughs> Come on, him. give the give the people a taste. Uh, the headline was Sean Brady did more damage to the Sixers <laughs> bell than Bilal Muhammad. <laughs> I, I, put, yeah. <laughs> I pulled that one. I, I felt I, the reason I was like going there is because I was pulling for for him really really hard in that fight, and he let me down. I knew you were. You did a whole. I'm pretty sure you wrote about it on the site. Yeah, I'm a huge MMA guy. Like, here's my three favorite sports are MMA, college football, and soccer. In that and order, I, and yet I can't. No, not in that order. But I that's I came to run a Philadelphia sports blog that writes about none of those things. So I'm not really sure how that how that all happened. But uh, yeah, I, but I was cool. I, you know, so everybody knows the guy who runs Sixers PR, Dave Schaller. He used to be the PR guy for um for uh, UFC. Like in that oh, really? famous, in the famous John Jones and uh, Daniel Cormier uh, scrum, like in a way, and or something. He there's a picture of Dave going like this, like separating him or whatever. But he's Jesus the scholar separating yeah. John Jones and Daniel Cormier and yeah. Daniel Cormier. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, but it's good because Dave's a, comes from the MMA world. Like he, he, you know, they show respect to the local guys and they get him into the Sixers games. Yeah, uh, you know, I think we had interviewed uh, Eddie Alvarez when he was down there a couple of years ago to ring the bell too. So they they involve the 
the MMA guys don't get a lot of media coverage here. No, and and there's a guy who always jumps in the comments here sometimes. Like, there's a really good uh, gym out in like Kensington Fishtown area that's like breeds a, a good amount of guys, like Eddie Alvarez and mm, Sean Brady, yeah. and, and and there's a lot of guys that are supposed to be on the come up and stuff. And um, Bill well, Algio, Bill Algio is a UFC fighter too. He's got there. He is. <laughs> Yeah. Love Dave Schaller. He's always been nice to us. Yeah, I don't know how much he was protecting each other, each of these guys in this in this. Yeah, moment. He's thinking, man, what did I get myself into? <laughs> you know? Wait, wait. So, do do you know if Dave does Dave participate in the arts? Um, I'm not sure if he. Uh, most of the guys involved in like MMA in some way, shape, or form have at least like go to like a boxing gym or have taken jujitsu or something. I don't know if Dave has or not though. So you think like if if you had to put like, you know, Greg Joseph or uh who's who's the guy? Brett is it Brett Stroberger from the Eagles? Uh Brett Brett, Brett Strosacker. Brett Strosacker, you think yeah. you think Dave Shower's putting these guys in a camel clutch, he's tapping them out <laughs> a couple rounds. <laughs> I don't know. Brett's uh, Brett's Brett was an athlete too, I think. So I don't I, that'd be very, very interesting. Which PR person would win in a fatal four way, you know? I'm not, I'm Dave Schaller puts Greg Joseph in a in a uh, in a guillotine, submits him in the third round. <laughs> yeah i don't know I, but it's it's funny man because there are a lot of um yeah there, there have been like really good mma guys coming coming out of yeah. even if you want to go back further to like boxing like combat sports in general does have like a big history like you go down to atlantic city take it down to atlantic city too there's a lot of fights down there um i've been to know, one bill, bill algio who's a ufc fighter he's got he's got a gym in kop I've been to one boxing match in my life. It was at Temple when I used to sell tickets out of the League Course Center. We just went there after it started because it was free. No one really came. So we were like probably like 20 rows up. It's awesome. It's an awesome live event yeah, to yeah. be in. It's an awesome live sport to be in. You can see the yeah. punches connect. You're like, how are these people still standing? They've iron chins. And these were two nobodies. I couldn't imagine like a heavyweight fight. I couldn't imagine a heavyweight UFC performance. I mean, yeah. it's nuts. There are, there are pockets of it. Yeah, it's just funny. It's like... um Thing when we were like when we were talking to Devin Devin Caney when she was on, we were talking about the wings like pretty good attendance despite them not like getting oh, media really? coverage or whatever. Yeah, I mean like the MMA community is the same. You know, we used to go down to like uh, we would always split the pay per views between friends, but like on nights that we didn't get together, I would go down to like Miller's Ale House down there in South Philly because mm-hmm. they showed all the fights and they were like a big MMA bar. Believe it or not, that place would be like packed. We stopped showing them. fights because people used to get so wound up. And we would have to throw people out of the bar that I used to work at. So we could we the oh. last play we ever showed was Pacquiao versus Mayweather, and people were like on top of each other. There were people like outside. I used to work at Founding Fathers, and they had this oh. big window, and we oh, used to yeah. open it because it was like during May time. You know, it's warm out and everything. People would yeah. be like five deep on the sidewalk, like watching the the Mayweather versus Pacquiao mm-hmm. fight. That was one of the most insane times I've ever been a part of bartending or not. Just dudes, just yeah. infliction T-shirts, top ranked T-shirts, <laughs> yeah. just wanting to just ring each other's necks yeah. over a couple of course lights <laughs> i do think it's it's funny man because i was i wasn't an mma guy back in the day because i think like a lot of the people who were attracted to it were like kind of uneducated you know like doofus kind of fans who just wanted to see people get their ass kicked you know a bunch of like bros at the bar drinking heinekens or something right now i think you got like more i think you have like a more educated crowd now who understands like the the clash and styles between like jujitsu and grappling and you know, the Dagestanis and the combat Sambo and, and Muay Thai and all that stuff. I think like if you get if you get like beyond the meathead side of like MMA, there's actually a lot of depth to it, you know. So I, I, mean, I, I was thinking about maybe doing like a weekly like MMA column for the site. But, I, you know, maybe I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've the funny thing is I've always had success betting on MMA, like not not me personally, but reading mm-hmm. other people's like write ups and stuff like I don't mm-hmm. know anything about MMA, but reading write ups and stuff, people are. The uh, the MMA community is pretty good with uh, I don't know how good they are now, but there was yeah. a dude for a little bit who I you know during the pandemic that I rode for like yeah a lot of money yeah yeah no I love MMA man I would love to to join a gym and get get into that stuff you know and I I was always playing like quote unquote traditional sports growing up so we never we really dabbled in that kind of stuff but it's been a while since I've been in a good fight I would like to find a good you know yeah sparring session here there all right Craig write that down. Kev wants a good sparring session. Well, yeah. Craig has reached out and said we should do some things at the UFC gym. Yeah, we should. Uh, for, too for too much. Like I feel very domesticated. Like all I do is take care of my kids. <laughs> like, like, right, I, need to, I need to get out and like punch some somebody or something. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm sure we can find a Facebook commenter on Crossing Brawl that is yeah. looking for a fight. We got a couple of hard asses on the in those comment section. Be like, Put me on the uh, Jamie Apodi, Matt Gelb undercard or something. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll fight like some other like blogger. <laughs> yeah, Dave Dave Scholler versus Greg Joseph versus Jamie Apodi versus Matt Gelb versus uh, Nick Cassianos <laughs> in a fatal in a fatal three way. We're just building this this card. We had another one. Oh, Marcus Hayes versus Matt Gelb too. If Matt Gelb, yeah. If Matt Gell beats Jamie Apodi, he goes faces the final boss of Marcus Hayes. But the, the headliner is Howard Eskin versus technology. It's just him yeah, trying right. to send a tweet for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Without any spelling mistakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, minus uh, minus 10,000 on technology for that one. Yeah. Not a – not a um, you know, shout out to Howard for not having a, a, a shitty take last night during the whole DeMar Hamlin situation. I think that oh, would have gone really? off yeah. Minus one ten, minus minus yeah. one fifty, probably. Shout out to Howard. What what mm-hmm. grow as a person? I guess you know. I guess forgiving Ben Simmons after all those years mm-hmm. has really kind of you know softened him up a little bit. That's right. I think we gave him credit for something last year too. I'd have to dig it up though. But we're not above giving credit to the king where credits due. It's just rare. One hundred percent. You got anything else for today? No, I'm going to finish a Radio Wars story now. Keeping an eye out on some breaking uh, Philly sports media news. But- oh. Other than that, we're just uh, back to the grind. Yeah. All right. By the way, here's my final thing. Okay. I'm trying to do this thing in the new year. I'm not a big New Year's resolutions guy. I'm trying to drink more water in the new year. Good resolution to have. But I got to keep pissing. I got to piss like every five minutes. So I don't know. If you're in the chat or you got any tips on hydrating without having to be in the bathroom every two Catheter. Minutes? Catheter. All right. Colostomy bag. Yeah. Well, it's, that's not that. And a catheter, of, I guess. It's not that kind of uh, waste, but yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out here. You know, maybe we got some uh, doctors in the chat, like cardiologists on Twitter, you know. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, thank God. What a what are the last 24 hours it has been? Not even. What are the last 12 hours it has been? Uh, I am Kyle Pagan. That's Kevin Kincaid. Thank you to Andy Wheeler for coming on. Follow him at, at the Andy Wheeler. Uh, thanks to Craig behind the scenes. We'll talk to you Thursday. Hopefully it's a, a regular show where we, we don't talk about college basketball and MMA just all over the place today, but I kind of liked it. You only get that here, man. A little different. Um, go birds. And, uh, we'll talk to you Thursday.